Hi, I'm Wack. Hi, and I'm Pat. Welcome to another edition of the Weekly Orbit, weekending uh, January 19th. Uh, this is where we're going to summarize the week's happenings of Rockapool in about 30 minutes or less. <clears throat> Wack, it's been a, kind of another crazy week. Yeah, um, we're still living the consequences of yesterday. Like, of course, you know, we're talking about the Rocket Pool Twitter account being compromised. It's still currently compromised while we're recording this. Hopefully, the team will get control of that account soon. Um, it's just the common sentiment is that Twitter has kind of fallen into the toilet and it's just horrible now um, where Elon has <clears throat> completely decimated any kind of customer relations teams or, you know, um, or security teams, and now we're just left with um, hacking accounts running rampant on this on the platform. It's it's terrible. Yeah, and it's like you can't even get your account back after you've mm -hmm. reported it. It takes. I mean, here we are a day later. Well, but we'll yeah. talk about that more. Uh, we're going to get into the news, and I've got our screen pulled up. We're going to start with some stats we haven't touched on in a while. Um, the deposit pool has a little bit of uh, breathing room there. We're at um, 17,971, you know, whack for weeks and weeks and weeks. We were all at, always at 18,000 or above that the last week or so. We've seen some room in there. Um, what are your thoughts? Yeah, so a whale came into the rocket pool and spun up over 300 validators and just ate like thousands of ETH from the, the queue. And what ended up happening there was that, you know, it removed any premium that we had and the premium's all gone. So it took, you know, a few hours for the deposit pool to get filled up again. And you can see this you know, on the 15th there, um, where we had, you know, multiple thousands of um, ETH deposited into the, into the deposit pool. Um, and that's just, that's, that's showing that, you know, that's how many ETH that person took up. And then as that was filled up, you know, we still don't have a premium right now. So it's not worth it for the bots to kind of fill up the, fill up the deposit pool and take that premium. So what will happen is either, you know, the, the deposit pool will fill up again and the premium will develop, which will then make it so the deposit pool stays full, or we'll just stay at this kind of like sweet spot right now where um, there's some space, but um, not too much that, that you know people are uh, jumping in but enough that um it's keeping the um the staking flowing hopefully so um there's there's been some good days of deposits recently and um in the in the discord val was sharing a chart which was showing deposits over time and um, you know our ETH minting sorry over time and for a while there you know for a few months we were kind of plateaued at around 525 to 530,000 but it looks like, you know, in the last couple of weeks, we've kind of moved up a leg to around 565,000, which is where we are now, I think. So um, this deposit pool, you know, the it's it's ebbs and flows depending on what the market conditions are saying. And right now it's kind of in equilibrium. But anyway, there's, you know, movement one way or another, then it forces action. And I think, you know, the, the state right now is that the deposit pool will be full again within a matter of days. And then... We'll, we'll start developing a premium, which means it will just stay full. Yeah, I mean, normally it fills up within a matter of hours. It might even be shorter. Mm -hmm. um, it seems like every anytime Jasper tweets it <laughs> within minutes, yeah. you know, it fills yeah. right back up. Um, and we that's mentioned what happened this show, time as well. Yeah, you mentioned on your yeah. show yesterday that 
um, Eigenlayer is expected to reopen their um, liquid staking de deposit pool, or however you want to call it, which it seems like we would expect uh, any any deficit in our deposit pool be immediately filled up because Eigenlayer is a hot thing. People want to yep. farm that airdrop, you know, buy some our ETH and dump it in to Eigenlayer's the, the, contract. The problem is that if uh, someone, you know, of decent size withdraws their account and it's at 18,000 and it becomes overfull, which then means that people can't arb the premium. And then mm -hmm. you've got to wait for someone to, um, you know, be willing to spin up a validator without um, caring about the premium um, so then other people can kind of get into it so there's been moments recently you know where we've stayed above eighteen thousand for some days or weeks at a time and that that it's like i said it's all about the dynamics where where things kind of like move and you just got to be in that exact right sweet spot to get the premium and hopefully you know there's a lot of people waiting for it to happen um hopefully when eigenlayer goes live so that should be pretty cool yeah Okay, yesterday, moving on to, let's talk about the smoothing pool. Um, so yesterday was the, let's refresh this page, I think. Um, we had the reward period uh, for January end. So that means that the smoothing pool would pay out. And let's just check on the how we're doing. Uh, yesterday, I think we, it looked like a pretty mediocre month when it comes to the pool. And we yep. were around 294 ETH. So we weren't able to eclipse 300. It just uh, seems like kind of a average month, perhaps just a slightly below average, not mm -hmm. much MEV, I guess, uh, with our smoothing pool participants, but still, um, you know, if you are a participant in the smoothing pool, you still got a little bit of a payout last night. Yeah. Yeah. So the average uh, block proposal now for a node operator, I think is 120 days, you know, so you're waiting four months before you get a proposal. And the fact is that in the smoothing pool, you know, you get something every month. Um, <laughs> however, um, with, with, with the smoothing pool, like one of the reasons why the amount was quite low this month was because activity on chain was really low over the holiday period, which of course this time covers. So gas was low. There wasn't too much activity, which means MEV is low. And there wasn't much volatility, I guess those prices were kind of going up, but there, it wasn't necessarily like, you know, with swings of volatility up or down. So there wasn't much MEV to kind of app capture or arbing to do there to kind of balance that out. So I think that's one of the reasons why this month was quite low. It's just, um, you know, in the coming months, if activity on chain lifts up, then, you know, we can hopefully do quite well. It used to be that 10 ETH per day was kind of like the benchmark. So we kind of came in a little bit under that, but we've got a lot more pools in the smoothing pool now. So I think the benchmark should be somewhere around like 15 ETH a day really to, to kind of set the par score. So if you if you look at it like that, you know, we didn't have a great month in the smoothing pool, but it's better than getting nothing if you had no proposals this month. Yeah, and actually with so many validators online, we're over 900,000 on the beacon chain. Mm -hmm. the and the average time between proposed blocks for a particular validator is getting longer and longer and longer. Mm -hmm. So your chances of hitting the lottery become less and less and less. Yep. You know, it's another argument to, hey, join the smoothing pool because, you know, your odds are getting worse at hitting the lottery if you're proposing your own block. And yep. this way you can get, at least get some payout of ETH, you know, free ETH every month. You know, it's just Absolutely. another argument for it. Yeah, definitely. Because on the timeline, right, like um, for it to balance out in terms of um, smoothing rewards versus winning the lottery chances, like I think Ethereum protocol is going to fix the, 
MEV payout, like by burning the MEV or something like that long before, you know, your average will work out. So it just makes sense to be the smoothing pool. Right. Yeah. Okay. So let's move on to the price of RPL, which uh, fell about 4.8% over the last 24 hours per coin gecko. And I think, um, is it, I think partly because of this whole Twitter thing, you know, we could speculate Did people panic. I know when I logged in yesterday uh, to Twitter, first thing I saw was, you know, the hacked rocket pool account saying, oh my gosh, there's been, the smart contract's been compromised. Uh, you know, you need to um, immediately switch over Micro. to this other contract. And, yeah. you know, you get this pit in your stomach, like, oh my gosh, what happened? You know, so immediately I went to Discord to find out what's going on. And then you realize those, the Twitter account was hacked, but perhaps there was some panic selling uh, of some people with RPL yep. and which contribute to a slight um, um, lower price overnight. Absolutely. And, you know, we had such an explosive growth period last week um, around the BTC ETF approval. They're going up, you know, 30% in a matter of days and over, I think, three days went up like pretty much 30% of not more. Um, yeah, nearly 50%, I can see. Um, that, you know, a retracement is kind of natural to happen in that situation. And now it's just, you know, we you, like you just said, you know, we found a good level of support that's kind of at the at the peak of the previous moves up. So hopefully we can, like, hold this area in the next couple of days and then we can start to move upwards again. That's the idea. But um, yeah. I don't know how it's going to work in practice. Of course, you know, with crypto, you never know where prices are going to go up or down sideways. You just got to ride with the waves. And sadly, right now we're going a little bit down, but hopefully in the coming days, we'll start to move up again. Yeah. And the ratio right at this moment, we're back below 0.013. We're at 0.01285. Yeah. Um, so we've received a little bit. Uh, I think earlier in the week, we were in the upper 0.0138 or something like that. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And that yeah, was so. like that that was a more normal retracement, like, you know, from hitting 0.015 pretty much. Um, this one, I think now is a little bit more to do with the hack because the RPL price has gone down and it's not, the ETH price hasn't, right? Like the ETH price has gone down by, I think 1%. The RPL price has gone down by um, 5%. So we've lost over over 4%, basically around 4% against um, ETH. And that I think is normal too. It's just, hopefully we can kind of hold on to where we are now and then, you know, it, it keeps the sentiment positive in the market. Yeah. And over, you could look over the last 30 days here, we're up 21, this is US dollar terms, up 20, over mm -hmm. 21%. So, yeah, know, a little, I guess, what do you call it? Buy the dip, right? <laughs> as I say, I think yeah. we're, we're in a good, good space as opposed to say six months ago. So we're, yeah, we're, we're fine. Okay. Talk about, let's talk about the hack a little bit. Um, and it's called a pink drainer. And apparently these uh, hackers have done this to several different uh, protocols. They seem to have a strategy. Um, they, they seem to rely on phishing. Um, just as I said, when I logged in whack, there's this uh, scary post from the official rocket pool um, with the blue check mark on Twitter saying they've been hacked. Holy cow, uh, immediately switch over. And unfortunately, you know, there, there was, um, some people who do get, um, oh, I know what it seemed to have skipped over, but one, of, unfortunately, one of our users had a, um, 
had clicked on the link and they lost, I think, six or seven ETH they put in. Um, they got, you know, fooled. And that's always, always sad when that happens. Um, it is sometimes it does feel like the Wild West. Um, and unfortunately, Twitter's security is so terrible. But what can a crypto user, a rocket pool, a node operator, uh, someone who's involved with crypto do to protect themselves? Like, how do you, how do you keep your emotions in check to not get scammed by, you know, a, a, a very sophisticated phishing attempt? I think the main thing that we need to be thinking about is just verify, verify, verify. Like if you see, you know, the more outlandish the claim or the more unlikely the claim, the more I think we should be prudent about verifying the contents of that claim. So instead of acting, I know that, you know, there's a time urgency. Yeah, this is what you were trying to find DeFi by night who got taken yeah. for six figures. Yeah. So that's over a hundred thousand dollars, which is absolutely horrible. Like it's, it's, like you said, it's devastating. So I feel really bad for DeFi by night. You know, they saw the they saw the tweet. They the the language of the tweet is written in such a way, right, to make you like there's, there's a sense of urgency. Like you have to act right now, or you're going to lose everything. And by falling into that, then you lose everything. Like it's it's truly like horrible the way it happens. But like the main advice that I can give you is like you know always be on guard always assume that the person is trying to like always assume that this is scam that should always be your default position which is really horrible right because you don't want that to be the case but that should always be your default position like when you see something think it's a scam think it's some kind of a, like phishing attempt and then you know verify like go to the discord go to like twitter go to like multiple sources and like you know or message people directly and ask if this is the case and then once you, you, know, you get a confirmation of that, then you can act on it in a way that, you know, is hopefully more measured, but it's horrible like that this happens. And the reason why these bastards, sorry, well, I'm not sorry for my language because that's what they are. Um, the reason why this happens over and over again is because um, they make money, right? Like this person um, like lost six figures, right? So for them to compromise the Rocky Pool, this, uh, the Twitter account, you know, they know that they, they either some however it happened we don't know yet because the post-mortem isn't out but you know however they were able to compromise the discord uh, sorry the twitter account here they were it worked out for them because they've stolen literally hundreds and thousands of dollars worth of crypto from people um and that is truly abhorrent like there's just yeah. it's just disgusting that these people could do this and it really makes me angry and i don't want you know I, it's it's crypto can be so exciting and so much fun at times you know when things are going well and um the last thing that you want is to kind of be on guard the whole time and kind of be cautious the whole time because it's not a nice mental space to be in but sadly what ends up happening is that you know you you have to as a matter of survival and just like you know we've been saying on this show like you know one of the main rules of the bull market is don't blow up don't blow yourself up i think right. the second rule is like you know don't get hacked and sadly the way to do that is to always 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 be on guard and always expect that whatever you're interacting with is compromised is a lie is a hack somehow and yeah that's 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 all i can say yeah um so there'll be a post-mortem once this is all resolved mm -hmm. uh, with twitter you know yeah since, since elon musk has taken over the security has been going downhill trying yep. to get customer support. I mean, it's ridiculous that a team that's got over a billion dollars in 
market value locked up can't get their Twitter account unhacked. <laughs> Three billion dollars we hit last week. Yeah, three billion dollars. Oh, three billion. Yeah. You know, last week. It's crazy. Yeah. I mean, it's just not like this isn't some guy in his basement who got his, you know, Twitter account compromised. It's like a, this is yeah. a lot. Of, a lot of people's uh, livelihoods depend on it. But uh, Darcy has put out a quick um, facts about what happened so far. This was yesterday. And yeah. Just one thing. They, I first thing I thought of was, are they using two-factor authentication? And they said yes. It's been enabled for years. Uh, yep. They use an app-based authenticator, which is what I do. I, I don't use my telephone number. That's mm -hmm. just good um, hygiene, you know, for yep. security. And it still got hacked. So now you're wondering, okay, what's going on here? Is, it, is there something inside of Twitter that is gone haywire that is being yep. exploited? I think so. I think that is a theory, right? Like, And I think that there's definitely way you can add to that theory because it's the only thing that makes sense in that situation like um of course you know there could be human elements along the way where someone clicked on a link that was bad or whatever but when you put all of this information together like the only thing that makes sense is someone who has access to the workings of twitter can somehow get involved with this that's that's like just a theory just an idea i'm not saying that that's what happened but it's something that makes sense in my mind that, you know, combining the fact that Twitter support is atrocious with the fact that these security measures were set up, that meant it shouldn't have happened. Kind of when you put those two pieces of thing, information together, it kind of points to the very ugly picture for Twitter. Yeah. Or it could just be a piece of code within the Twitter, I don't know, API that's been, is vulnerable, that's been exploited and there's nobody there at Twitter to fix it. You know, that's just like there's nobody there to help. I mean, remember Jasper got his uh, account hacked yep. over the summer or last six months ago. It's suspended, yeah. Suspended, yeah. And he was unable to get the original account back. It's just gone. Yep. You know, he had to create a whole new one. So I don't know. We'll find out. Uh, hopefully, this will be resolved soon. But I hope so. If you're, you know, the smart contracts are safe. You have nothing to worry about. This is just uh, don't please don't click on any links from. The rocket pool uh twitter handle uh, yeah for now yeah and try to just be safe always go to discord you know if you've got any significant money locked up in anything you should be a member of the discord of that protocol so that you can stay uh up with the facts in case something like this happens having said that the discord can also be hacked too <laughs> so you gotta be careful yep. there too so yep. be careful always second guess what you're reading. Um, and hopefully we'll just don't pull yourself up. Like you said, whack. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Let's move on to some, uh, Ethereum news. Now we we've been talking about the, the next, we got, uh, Dan Kuhn coming in March, hopefully, uh, which will create a, a new gas market for L2s and among, amongst a couple other things. And then after that, the, the, uh, Core devs have already started working on the what they call in the Prague Electra upgrade, uh, which will probably be quarter four or maybe quarter one of next year. And there's a whole bunch of EIPs here they're considering. Um, this is from Tim Biko. But the, there's a couple here, WAC, that really pertain to Rocket Pool that are mm -hmm. of interest. One is um, EIP 7002, which is triggable exits. 
And the other one is 70, uh, EIP 7251, which is increased max effective balance. Yep. So um, these can positively impact megapools. Why don't we first start with megapools? Tell, why don't we explain to the listeners why we should be really, really freaking excited about megapools. Let's start there. Yeah. Megapools is going to be a huge scaling um, upgrade for Rocketpool. So the way that it'll work is a Megapool will be a new kind of validator that you have, a validating contract. So right now, every validator you have has its own unique contract. But with Megapools, what will happen is you'll be able to put many validators onto one contract. So that will make it so your node can, all the, all the validators, you can see what, what's there for the node. And the fact that they'll be all on one contract will mean that you can punish um, different validators within the, your on your node in a way. So if you are misbehaving, instead of just that one validator that's been misbehaving getting punished, you can now kind of um, distribute the punishment across the whole node. So why is this a good thing, right? It's a good thing because right now we have collateral levels set up in such a way that only in the extreme outlier situation can the person behave badly against rocket pool and get away with it because the chances of having uh, you know eight eth uh, stealing eight eth is or more than eight eth is really really incredibly low so the way the way this is going to work is you know you need each one of your validators to have that a bond basically however when you move to node level collateral uh, which is what we'll have with um with um mega pools what will happen is um you'll only need like you know a much smaller amount of collateral across a bigger set of nodes so if you have one validator that has eight eth for your second validator because you already have the eight eth from the first one it might be that it's four eth and then the third one because you've already got 12 eth now securing your your contract your your mega pool then you might just need two and then following on from there you might just need two for all of them so this mega pools really unlocks in the idea of lower level lebs like leb fours leb twos even potentially leb ones in certain situations so what that means then is you know, just like now every eth that a validator brings a node operator brings you can mint three r eth against that Right, because you bring eight, you can mint 24. With LEB4s, you can bring one unit of ETH the node operator will bring, like you bring four, and you can mint 28. So it's seven to one. With wow. LEB1s, it's 31 ER ETH you can mint compared to the one ETH that you bring. So the dynamics are going to shift like very, very strongly. And these two, the 7002, 7002 is, I think, much more important than 7251 but 7251 is really nice as well because it let you just put everything into one validator like so you don't even necessarily need like that contract that i was just talking about mega pool contract in the same way because it will all just be one validator right like it, it, it's right. really really nice uh, system so both of those together i think will help rocket pool tremendously the reason why the forced exit is so important the execution layer triggerable exit is because the rocket pool contracts will be able to force you out if they find that you're misbehaving even on the first instance so if you have eight eth of collateral and if if there's if we see that you know you're trying to steal mev you can get booted out right now there's no way to kind of prevent that if people like launch kind of not sophisticated attacks, but like there's attack vectors that are possible mm -hmm. for people to manipulate with um, MEV theft. And, you know, there's ways to mitigate that, that the protocol has, but with mega pools, it'll just make it so much more powerful. Sorry, with, with um, 
um, forced exits, it'll make it so much more powerful that I think it's going to be a tremendous boon for Rocket Pool, but also for other liquid staking services as well. Just like Lido, like if any Lido node operator goes rogue, then you can force them off off their off their validator set, and it'll be the same for other liquid staking services as well. So, seven zero zero two definitely is huge, um, and then seven two five one I think will be a, a, like a nice to have, but not necessarily a must have. One of the things mm-hmm. that you know we should be clear with this is there's a whole lot of EIPs that are kind of up for consideration right now. It doesn't mean all of them are going to go through, but if we can get those two to go through, I think that will then form part of like a liquid staking token like narrative that will that will come with um, Saturn hopefully at the same time. So you know, I really feel like there's a chance that we can capture market attention in a way that we had around Atlas and Shanghai. You know, the Ethereum upgrade to Shanghai, which was withdrawals allowed on staking. Atlas had, you know, withdrawals coming into Rocket Pool, but also LEB8s. So those two things like really caught attention and propelled uh, RPL to all-time highs against ETH and the US dollar with Saturn 2, potentially Saturn 2 and um, Petra or Prague Electro, whatever you want to call it. Um, potentially there's, you know, a perfect storm that we can potentially tap into at that point as well. So this this next year, like I've said, like so many times, this next year is incredibly exciting for Rocket yeah. Pool. And, you know, there's there's a chance that we can, things can line up really, really well. That will help Rocket Pool just like perform phenomenally in, in this period. Yeah, so price go up. <laughs> scaling um, easier to make uh, mini pools with smaller amounts of ETH. It all sounds mm-hmm. great for mega pools, right? So the price go up is potentially like, you know, a pleasant side effect of that. Like the main thing is that, you know, we have access to um, unimaginable protocol growth here now. And then that that's the main thing, right? And then with that, you know, you hope that the price appreciates, right. but that's just a side effect. Like, you know, the main thing that we're getting here is Rocket Pool potentially growing to 10, 15 plus percent of the stake. This is the path towards doing that. And I'm, it's going to be incredibly exciting to see. Definitely. Uh, so let's move on to Jasper has a proposal that's been, I think, considered by the GMC. Uh, I know you're a member of the GMC. You don't have to give your opinion, but he is um, proposing a way to integrate Rockapool and Eigenlayer. And just uh, can you give us a kind of a high level uh, explanation of what exactly Jasper is proposing here? Yeah. So Jasper's proposing that Rockapool node operators, along with um, using their regular validators for, you know, staking, um, will also be able to use their validators to perform eigenlayer services. So he wants there to be kind of like an add-on to the smart node stack potentially, or some kind of like software that Rocket Pool node operators will install that will then let them perform duties for Rocket Pool, you know, by staking, but also let them perform duties for eigenlayer. So the idea is that as you perform duties for eigenlayer, eigenlayer will pay you and you'll you'll make more money, which is absolutely wonderful. And everybody wants that. Um, the benefit to Eigenlayer would be that, you know, um, they'll be able to tap into uh, decentralized, geographically diverse, client diverse, um, you know, node, node operator set, which is the most robust um, node operator set in all of cryptocurrency. Like there's not any single you know, system out there that has this level of, of users interacting with it. Like, you know, 
on, on a very, very conservative estimate, like 2,000 node operators on a totally, like, not real estimate, like 3,500 node operators now. Like, you know, for Eigenlayer to be able to use that number of node operators would be... Um, astronomical for their services like they'd be able to uh, perform duties that are just not even imaginable right now in terms of their data availability that could be made available to them so the idea is that it's excellent for rocket pool node operators because they would be making you know extra money it'd be excellent for eigenlayer because they can perform their duties in a much more robust way and a much more performant way so the idea is that, you know, this is a win-win for both protocols um, and a win-win for Ethereum as well. So it's a win-win-win, so a triple win. That's how Jasper is presenting it. There are some, uh, you know, members of the community who are hesitant towards yeah. this perspective. And, you know, I'm not discounting that perspective at all. Um, there's worries that Eigenlayer can be a centralizing force. There's worries that Eigenlayer can be, um, you know, a controlling force in the network. There's worries that Eigenlayer could... Um, mess around with rocket pool node operators stake and how they could or could not slash that there's a lot of questions about who gets first dibs on the eth that gets unstaked does eigenlayer mm. get first dibs on that does rocket pool get first dibs on that at the moment the way it stands is that rocket pool of course gets first dibs on that but um eigenlayer would like first dibs on that so um, we don't really know how that's going to play out so there's a lot of questions here that still need to be answered and people are actively discussing those questions quite actively um and then you know this eigenlayer likely to go live in q2 or q3 um maybe that's enough time to build up some partnerships but jasper is incredibly enthusiastic about this happening and um i i, I can without saying too much about the gmc's position of course is i can personally see why jasper is excited about this sure yeah, yeah we'll see how this plays out because there's definitely concerns about eigenlayer um potential downsides but the, the fact is something eigenlayer or something like it is in a it inevitably is going to happen and mm -hmm. how do we make it safe for mo you know from from for the ecosystem or as safe yeah. as possible you know these things could always blow up and but if it's inevitable we it's hard to it's hard to put the genie back in the bottle right yeah <laughs> someone's going to come up with this idea of restaking eth security mm -hmm at one point or another so here we are um so we'll keep an eye on this going forward ideally what will happen is we'll have multiple versions of eigenlayer running like of mm -hmm. course you know eigenlayer but then competitors right like if we have five six seven eight nine ten competitors to eigenlayer providing similar services of restaking and then the state kind of gets divided out across that that could potentially be one solution the mm -hmm. they are real con they are real worries and i'm hoping that you know they get they get fixed soon okay Great. Let's move on real quick. I just want to give a shout out to um, stake rocket pool that lens um, who maintains our um, the RPL DeFi dot is it DeFi.com? Let's see. RPL DeFi.com. Yeah. RPL that link wasn't working. I think I'm not sure if it's working now, um, but the oh, yeah, it's been fixed. OK, great. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so once a month or so, we'd like to just highlight this because it gives you um, all kinds of opportunities to, if you've got our ETH that's sitting around in your wallet, perhaps you want to, you know, utilize a strategy to increase your yield um, or you got RPL that's idle. You're thinking about how can I use this? So this, this chart is updated, I think, on a weekly basis, um, which is excellent. It's a one-stop shop. Right now, you can see here, uh, if you've got some our ETH, you can put it into an LP um, on Arbitrum. 
and APR is 17.98%. Um, or you put it in the balancer, you know, we're getting over 10% on optimism. And, you know, you could go on and on. And it goes from like, it's nice because they, they kind of, the, the chart is set up as the, on your risk uh, curve, you know, going from probably safest to more risky. Uh, so depending how degen you are, you can decide on how, what you want to do. But I just want mm -hmm. to highlight this rack because it's um, it's a nice feature. There's in the beginning we just had you know one or two DeFi protocols that we were integrated with, and now there's so many it's hard to keep track of them all. So um, you know, just want to give a shout out. Yeah, Kent Kent is the one who maintains that, and great job, Kent, because it used to be Val was maintaining it, and then Val was just getting swapped. So. Kent kind of took over and has been doing a really good job with this DeFi sheet ever since. The little thread that comes out as well every every two weeks or every month, I think is really nice that um, he kind of just highlights some of the key uh, protocols that are like, you know, incentivizing at the moment. Of course, you know, Arbitrum is doing a big wave of incentives for their protocols right now. And we can see that getting 18% on RPL, you know, providing liquidity on Uniswap for our ETH wrapped ETH is tremendous. Like that's really, yeah. really great yield. Definitely. And it might not be long lasting, but um, it's definitely available for users right now. And it might be available for, you know, the next few weeks or um, maybe even months. Um, I don't know if it's going to stay that high. You know, the, the really great rewards don't tend to stay that high, but you have to remember that, you know, you're getting 3% on your um, RE to begin with. And then on top of that, you're getting extra rewards from liquidity, like incentives, etc. cetera. Um, there are a couple that I've come across recently that are doing some really like huge numbers uh, that aren't actually listed on there. So maybe someone needs to reach out to Ken and kind of tell him to add some more protocols. But I know that Notional Finance are giving incredible yields right now. Um, also, you have PancakeSwap, which is giving really good yields right now because the price of RPL has gone up and the price of the PancakeSwap uh, cake token has gone up as well so the mm -hmm. amount that you're getting those rewards has kind of like been boosted so there's a couple of um there are a couple of protocols there that you know maybe uh can need to add to that list but overall like it's a it's a really really great resource that if you are sitting you know with idle reth or even rpl there's stuff that you can actually do with those tokens now which is which is really really cool yeah yeah so let's move on to our wins for the week. Um, my win, whack is, uh, I never thought I'd say it's a win, but uh, Jamie Dimon from JP Morgan Chase. He's in Davos yesterday on CNBC. Mm. And uh, you've, if you're on social media, you've probably seen clips of him kind of bashing Bitcoin as a pet rock. <laughs> he definitely is not a fan of Bitcoin. However, if you listen carefully, he said perhaps uh, smart contracts are something to look into, which is a nod to Ethereum, which is smart contract uh, protocol. Um, so in that little, that, you know, five minute clip where he's kind of talking, bashing Bitcoin, there was a win in there in that he sees perhaps that there's a future for smart contracts because you can actually do something with it. And then he also ended it with saying something to the fact that you know, I'm a guy who likes yield. I like to see yield in my investments. Another shot at Bitcoin, because there's you don't get yield on it. But on Ethereum, you certainly can, you know, earn yield on your ETH. So that was a I, I took that as a win because uh Jamie Dimon is someone, you know, that the financial world listens to. 
um, you know, Fink from BlackRock obviously is another, obviously he's, he's taken the pill. <laughs> he's definitely all blockchain uh, and crypto, but that's my win for the week. Jamin Diamond. Yeah. Just to add to that, this is kind of playing out exactly the way we've been talking about for a while now, right? Like as soon as the Bitcoin ETF was approved, right away we've moved on to the Ethereum ETF hype that started. And this is going to go all the way up to May now. Like I, I just don't know. I can't see a way that it's not going to be approved, right? Like it's just the way everything is set up. The same kind of people who are doubting the Bitcoin spot ETF going through and now the same kind of people who are kind of doubting the Ethereum one. And it's like, guys, it's not going to get rejected. This is going to happen. Like Larry Fink is coming out there literally talking about Ethereum and like the great things about it. Uh, Jamie Dimon in a bit, little bit more roundabout way about smart contracts and stuff. But mm-hmm. this is it. Like we're on the next, this is the next step now. This is the next level now. So yeah, like th- you're going to see more and more of that, I think, Pat, over the coming uh, three or four months. And yeah. that's going to be, that's going to be pretty exciting. Uh, for yeah. me, my and- win... Yeah, sorry, carry oh, on. Just real quick, I just want to say yeah. that, just think that now that the talk of Ethereum or Bitcoin is a regular th- thing on financial news, that mm-hmm. in Davos, they get you get five to eight minutes with the, the CEO of the, you know, one of the largest financial institutions in the world, whether it's BlackRock or if it's JP Morgan Chase. And what do they talk, they want to ask about? They want to ask about crypto. Yep. Look how far we've come. <laughs> so anyways what is yeah. your win for the week my win is something personal um i was at a wedding over the last weekend and it was it was beautiful and people were happy and that that was really nice for me so i, I really enjoyed oh. that and that's why i missed friday's episode last week as well because i was busy with wedding stuff so i was hoping that i'd oh. get it recorded but i just ran out of time but that was really lovely for me to just like step away from crypto step away from everything like digital and just be like in the presence of people that I really love and have a really great time. One thing that did happen, however, was people talked about crypto, which, which is normally quite a top signal, but um, (laughs) I think, I think it's still very early in the, in the markets. And I think it's people who've been in the market for a few years who kind of just wanted to talk about it because it was exuberant, right? Like the fun things were happening, but there's definitely like those first now instances of people starting to talk about crypto in real life that's starting. And the thing that I'm not happy about is I wanted that to happen a year from now. I don't want it to happen now. <laughs> so, I know. Wait, yeah, yeah, we got, yeah. we still got like three or four X or five X from here. Like exactly, you're, you're talking exactly. about yeah. until next year's wedding. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. That's right. But yeah, like that's the thing. Like it, it, it's going to be interesting to see how, you know, the, the market psychology phases kind of happen. Um, and I'm, I'm trying to keep a close eye on that. So that was a win for me this week. Oh, that's great. Yeah. Well, uh, th- thanks to everyone for listening. Um, just disclosures, obviously, that we both own ETH and RPL. You know, you could uh, be, be very careful with, uh, don't take any of this as financial advice, but we yeah. always thank you for listening and watching, whether it's on uh, podcasts or on YouTube. Um, stay tuned to the daily shows that WAC puts out with uh, Rocket Fuel, and we will see you next week on the Weekly Orbit. So, WAC, until next week, take care. Thank you so much. Bye. Bye Bye-bye.